You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Hey, it's Monday morning, everybody. She's back. And I am Glenn McGee from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm back in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 24th, episode 3231. Good morning, horse people. You have found Horses in the Morning on a Monday. You're in for an amazing horsey week of laughter, learning, and fun with Glenn and Jamie. Well, welcome back, my friend. It's good to have you back. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. It's good to be back. I like, I was going through my brain. I'm like, I have so much to talk about. I don't know where to start, but we have two guests, so you're not going to – I'm going to have to spread it through the week. Uh, we, yeah, okay, good. We got, we got a little time for you to catch up, uh, catch us all up. Everybody wants to know about Zeus, too, so we're going to have to <laughs> fill everybody in about Zeus. We'll do that first in the show. We also have Pat Rea coming on, and she's from What Italians Really Eat. It's been a while since we had Pat on, and she's going to give us her recipe for pasta and asparagus which sounds like she designed that one just for you. Um, we're also going to do our Rescue Horse of the Week. It's a thoroughbred, a thoroughbred named Uptown Express, which I really like that name. Uh, so that one's ready for a new <coughs> new riding career shortly, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to do a post-show. Who knows what we're going to talk about? Uh, we'll talk about the fact that I officially now, as of Friday, own five acres of expensive trees. We'll talk about that. We went out to, to the property again, so I'll give you an update there. But the most went- important thing. Glenn, What's that? Is the the fact that we have to share that I am I have my finger on the pulse of America, and I went to see the Barbie movie yesterday. <laughs> Which, when I read that in the notes that you wrote, I went, "Oh my god, I can't believe she did that." Barbie baby. <laughs> all right, we'll tell you all about that coming up too. All right, <laughs> good because I won't be seeing it, so I'm glad you're doing the review. Hey, you you did some trail riding in Colorado, right? I certainly did. Well, some people up in New England did some trail riding, too. Four riders from Massachusetts were part of the Granite State Carriage Association, taking part in the annual Look to the Mountain event. Now, they were riding horses, not carriage driving. And they started at 10 a.m. to ride Mount Kokura in New Hampshire. It's a 4,000-foot peak, which isn't tremendously large, right? You were you were seeing 12,000-foot peaks where you were. I was at 8,000, yeah. <laughs> like on the ground. But apparently what Wikipedia says about this mountain is it's not outstanding for its elevation, but it's very rugged. So the riders took a trail up and were able to go back the same trail because it was so steep and rocky, they didn't want to go down the trail. So they took another trail to try and get down. Now, they left at 10 a.m. Keep that in mind. Well, they got lost going down this uh, this trail that they didn't really know. And I don't know if they probably didn't have cell service. No mountain around anywhere has cell service. So um, they tried to get down this trail and got lost. At 8.15 at night, when it was starting to get dark, they realized they needed help. And I guess they got to a point where they could call 911. Now, why they couldn't see a GPS, I don't know. Um, but they called 911, and the rangers had to hike out uh, 1.6 miles to their location. They didn't have – they ran out of food and water. They didn't have headlamps or warm clothes because it was supposed to be a couple-hour ride. Uh, 
Well, now it's after dark. A three-hour tour. <laughs> a three-hour tour. That's all I can think about. Yeah. <laughs> Three of the horses fell during the ride because of treacherous conditions and sustained minor injuries. Everybody's okay. But that's how treacherous it was. They got back to the parking area at 2 a.m. They started at 10 a.m. I, 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 You know what? I could say something, but I'm going to... Not because I'm going to be nice. Hours in a saddle. Oh, Morons. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> they came out. I couldn't help it. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what happened there and how, why. I don't know why a lot of things, but one of the things I do know is that the serious trail riders and mountains actually have the Garmin uh, in reach. With okay, them. but like if you're going up a trail and you're like, oh my god, this is so. Rocky, oh, I would have bailed out long before I got you to the top. Think you have <laughs> yeah. to go down that trail. I know I would have bailed out a long time before that too. Again, we weren't there. I don't know what happened, but whew, that's a long time getting lost and in a saddle. It's <laughs> a long time. Oh my time. gosh, that's uh, and then those poor poor people that work there, the officers are like, oh, here we, we go again. Wake up in the mountain <laughs> and save a bunch of morons. <laughs> Horseback riders, <laughs> although they have to save as many hikers, I'm sure, too. Yeah. All right, yeah. Daily Winnie. We have two auditor birthdays today, and they're both Australian. Shannon Brooks and Fiona Deering, happy birthday to both of you. New uh, Zealand, too, right? What's that? I think one's from New Zealand. No, Maybe they're I'm both off. Australian. Shannon and uh, Fiona are both Australian. And Shannon, we we hope you're doing better. She was the one that had, was having all the health problems I talked about a little while ago. So we hope you're feeling better. Allison posted this in the auditor room. She posted a picture of a black cat in a crate. And she said, my barn panther has a new name. So apparently the cat has an attitude. And she named it Glenn. So. <laughs> These are her barn cats that she got. And uh, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Like I named my, uh, yeah, it's like Katniss. Katniss, you have to give your barn panther a name. Yeah, well, apparently she named her barn panther after me. And I love it. She did an update. Then a day later, Panther Glenn was released from the confines of its crate last night. I have not seen him since. So that, yep, sounds, that sounds like, like Glenn. <laughs> He's a jerk. Glenn and Katniss are <laughs> off together, gallivanting around the countryside. I appreciate the effort, even though you'll probably never see me again. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> All right. I have a birthday, Winnie. Oh, you do? Yeah. Wow. Happy birthday. than zero chance that the person I'm giving the birthday Wendy to will actually hear this, but it was my mom's birthday I think yesterday. that's probably true of most of her birthday Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> it was my mom's birthday yesterday and uh, had a nice conversation with her and she's going to be coming not to visit. And she went and saw um, the uh, Mission Impossible movie oh, yeah, over the weekend. I saw that weekend. Sunday too, yep. Yeah, yeah. So my my brother took her. He takes her to a movie every week or two. And uh, she got back in the car. <laughs> And he, she started giving a movie review. So my brother started filming it. Okay. So my mom's 
in her late seventies. And, uh, she said, Oh God, I hope she doesn't listen to this. She, she was giving a movie review about it. And she was like, I just don't understand that top gun movie was just terrible. It was just terrible. I didn't even see any planes. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, cool. You know what makes mission impossible so good though? Really? It, one, you know what to expect. You get the same thing in every one. So, you know, but he does almost all of his own stunts. And some of those stunts were incredible. <laughs> so when you think he's 60 years old, it's moron. And when you see him, it's, <laughs> when you see him there, he looks like he's 40. I don't know what, I, what's, what's that uh, weird religion he's in? Um, Scientology. I don't know what they do, but their skin looks good. Um, <laughs> so, I don't want to know. <laughs> he looks great. Got to give him that. He's better in shape than any of us. That's for damn sure. That you know what you know how they you know what that's called, Glenn. What money? Yeah, I think that's what that's <laughs> called. I agree. I think, but then you look at other sixty-year-old actors who look like they've just had a rough life, and you money. look at him. That's just crazy. Money. All right. So uh, you made your trip to Colorado, and uh, we'll give a, give just a two sentence of oh, who real Zeus quick, is. I had, uh, sorry, I had a real quick daily winning too because I got oh. to meet an auditor okay. yesterday. Okay. Uh, Janine came up, and uh, I guess Karen Chatton of the Endurance episode is her mentor, and she lives in Broken Bow, uh, Oklahoma, which is near Broken Bow, which is a couple hours south of me. And uh, she came up and bought my horse trailer. Oh, she yay. and her husband and their little son, and and she is an endurance rider and just an all around super cool chick and uh, it was nice to meet her and enjoy your new trailer i think she's I wish an I could keep too, it. isn't she she is yeah, yeah. yeah. well that, so an auditor ended up buying your trailer after all <laughs> i know i only sell things to auditors apparently. and listeners okay <laughs> apparently so you made a trip to colorado and let's give everybody a quick just a very short Reader's Digest version of who Zeus was for new listeners. Okay, Zeus is a horse that I purchased from the prison up in northern Nevada and uh, had him for years, took him all the way up through eventing, through novice level eventing, and he was probably one of the most difficult horses in the world to manage because he was an escape artist, and you can see him on Facebook, Zeus the Mustang and Thor the Mustang, or Thor the Mustang and Zeus the Mustang, because I had two, and uh he had some injuries, couldn't compete anymore, but loved going on trail rides. And so he did, I, I sent him, I didn't tell him, I just sent him to this ranch up in uh, Colorado that a friend of mine runs. And he is now one of the, he lives on 3000 acres and runs with a herd and comes up every day and may or may not get to go on a trail ride. And he's I, I'm incredibly happy. Like that, it was the perfect place for him, and uh, so that is in a nutshell, Zeus. But how he, do they he's like my, him? Though that was horse. the big question, right? Yeah, exactly. How is he going to do? Because I've sold them, and I sold them my horse Drax, who was an off the track thoroughbred, <clears throat> and I'll update you on him. But so they, I, 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 I got there, and I was like. Uh, where is he? Is he here? He was like, uh, what do you mean? Was he here? Of course he's here. And I was like, so he's still here. Okay. <laughs> he has escaped into the top of Not a mountain. That I thought they were going to get rid of him. Yeah. I thought he would leave. But the good thing is it's mostly electric fencing and that's the one that's like his kryptonite. So it's electric. Um, so it, they said, he, he was like, man, this horse has never escaped. What are you talking about? He goes, this is the happiest damn horse on the farm by the ranch. He's like, so happy blah 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 later on i did talk to one of the employees and the employee was like 
Twice he's let the entire herd out onto uh. owner's properties. So he has escaped and let everybody else out. So I think they're trying to paint a picture like I'm the crazy one and he's totally fine. But lies. Oh, that would make Chad really mad if he hadn't escaped at all. <laughs> I know. I know. Because Chad went to the employee. He was like, come on, dude. Come on. Tell me the truth. What's going on? He was like, oh, well, maybe twice. Maybe twice. <laughs> Maybe more. And, <laughs> and in pure Zeus style, he brings everybody else with him. Oh, yeah. Come on, everybody. Gates open. Zeus yeah. would escape at her house, then go open the gates for the others to come out. Only his friends. Oh, yeah, because it's no be fun to play by yourself. Yeah, yeah. But, but he wouldn't let everybody out. He would leave some behind. He'd be like, <laughs> you can die in the fire. I, I'm going to take my friends. Uh, so, yeah, he, and he would escape. Like, I have videos of him on his Facebook page where he just opens the door Pulls it uh, undoes the latch, pulls open the door, walks in, walks through the barn, opens the next door, opens up, walks in, then goes over to the tack room and starts messing with the door handle with his teeth. I mean, ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. But he was, yeah. So, so he was definitely um, a challenge here. But they, they said they they love him. They just love him. They love, 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 love. And well, I got there. And, what he wanted to do, right? He has yeah. wide open spaces. He has a herd. He doesn't yeah. have to go in circles anymore, yeah. you know, but, but it was really cool. So there's one of the, uh, the owners of the ranch. It's, it's, it's 3000 acres and it's, it's owned by 30 people that each have a hundred acres. So it's like an adult summer camp. Okay. So <laughs> my friend TJ manages all of it. And if these owners want to go for a ride, yes, of course, well, they have the horses up, they do archery, they do shooting, they fishing, all the things, hunting, all the things that you can do as an adult, that would be like a summer camp. Um, and you got to pay to play. This is not a cheap facility. Like I'll never, ever be able to own anything. It was a little anything. more expensive than the five acres I bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're <laughs> no crazy. Uh, so anyway, you, they, they, they have this horse and I, and my job was to come up there and my family got to stay in the cabin, which was like a mini mansion. And, uh, I got to stay there and the family played and hung out while I was supposed to, work with some of the owners on their horses and I ended up working with some of the coolest dudes but like really really smart guys like I had to break down the whole reason for posting and diagonals and where your leg pressure is and how much weight is goes into your stirrups and I rode with these guys the whole week um ind individually and then trail rides as a group and one of the guys loves Zeus it's kind of his it's kind of his horse. So I did get to play with Zeus, but I more got to help this uh, guy learn about some of Zeus's buttons. And I was showing him the pictures of Zeus eventing. He was like, what? That's the same horse? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I showed him videos of him opening gates. He, he, I showed him all the things. And and he just loves him. It's like his his little buddy out there. So Zeus has been well taken care of. One of my concerns was he has terrible feet. I got there. He has four shoes on. They look great. Like amazing job. Uh, medical weight-wise, even Drax weight-wise, he's always been tough to keep weight on. He was fat and happy. Great feet. They're, they have a great farrier. I mean, this is like dream 
dream retirement for a horse. I mean, they literally come in for a couple hours a day. They may or may not get ridden and they get turned out onto 3000 acres. It's, I mean, it's like the great and, and top of the line vet care, top of the line farriers and all the things. I mean, all the things. So it is fantastic. Speaking of, if anybody wants to retire a horse, they're looking for anything under 16 that can do arena and bonus ride, bonus some trails. So if anybody knows anything, um, because I'm so happy that I gave them my horse now or loaned them my horse. Uh, Side note. Anyway, so I I was curious whether Zeus would remember me. And I'm because I mean, it hasn't been that long and I had him a long time. I'm like, of course, he's going to remember me. But like, what if he doesn't? So I get up there and I had a specific I have a whistle that I do. And I whistled. And I walked up to the gate and he came trotting up to the gate. I walked into the corral and he started licking me. Like, really? Like licking my arms up and down because I was wearing short sleeves and he was licking my arms. He was and as, as Zeus as Zeus can get, like super happy to see me, actually. I could just tell, you know, he was like, Ma. It was his it was chance great. to thank you for sending him to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Go, now go away. Yeah, now leave. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take me home. But I got to do some cool stuff. I took him down to the pond and took him swimming. <clears throat> the last day I was about to leave and I was like, I just have to go say bye. And I ended up putting a halter on him, taking him to the arena. They have a huge arena. And I just galloped him bareback. In the arena, which I haven't galloped horse bareback and good Lord since Zeus. So it was really fun galloping him around bareback. I took him on the trails. I galloped him through the hills and it just was really, really fun. Um, actually, when we took him to the pond, my son, Lucas, who's 10, has ridden Zeus one time. Well, he came off Zeus one time. I put him on Zeus. And he, Zeus freaked out and spun around and Lucas fell off. I had to like, let him go. He fell out. Anyway, he's been, he's like, Zeus is terrible ever since he's the worst horse in the world. Mom, Zeus is terrible. He's mean. He bucks me off. Well, Zeus was in the pond and Lucas got on him and rode him around in the pond, which was like super cool. Mom moment for me. So it was awesome. And, uh, it was really, really fun. Really uh, a great week. Great time seeing the horses. As an aside, the horse Drax that I sold them, he's like, well, he's just not working out. He's just not one that any, cause, cause these owners are not horse guys. They just want to be horse guys. yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, he's not working out and I need to sell him. And I was like, okay, bring him back. (laughs) So, again, Drax is coming back to me for the third time. I've sold this horse twice already. And Drax is coming back. They call his actual registered name is Nuisance. So they call him Nuisance. And so Nuisance is coming back in October, end of October. He's going to come back again. And the thing is, like, He's great. There's one teenager that rides him and she rides him, canters him around bareback with like no bridle, no nothing. But she's going off to college and she's not going to come back for four more years. And she's all the big, the the owners are scared of him because he's like 16 too. Um, So I'm going to bring him back. And I think he would make the most amazing Western dressage horse. So I'm just going to play with him and see if I can find him another home. (laughs) How many horses have you taken back out of the kindness of your heart over the years? Oh, a bunch. <laughs> I just, I can't do it, man. I just can't just, I just can't do it. I just can't let them go. I mean, I, I'm always afraid they're going to end up on a truck to Mexico. It's like the, the end all be all for every horse. So I always try to 
If I can, I mean, I can now. And, and of course, Chad's right there. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bring it back. He just spent back. a week fishing. That's the only reason he was amicable about that. Exactly. <laughs> Drinking whiskey and fishing. And then he was like amiable to anything. Uh, so Drax is coming back. Zeus is doing really well. Uh, Lucas got on him and uh, they caught one fish big enough to actually cook. So Lucas learned how to gut a fish. And then they... Is so gross. They literally made this fish was so small that it made about a half a chicken nugget size. So, <laughs> and he was like, "This is the best fish ever." That's I'm what like, I remember about actually. fishing: is I'm being tiny. That's what. I- <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I'm like, that's half a chicken nugget. He was like, "But it's so good." It's a good chicken nugget. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, we're going to get to talking about the movie you went to see. But first, we have to talk about Cosequin ASU. Joint and hoof pellets contain quality ingredients to support joint and hoof health and leave out the fillers of molasses and alfalfa, all while delivering the taste horses love. The colors of our ingredients shine through for a difference you can see. Visit CosequinEquine.com. That's CosequinEquine.com. Before we get to the Barbie review, uh, horses getting out reminded me that Last week, we had an issue at the boarding stable where I'm at. So Scooter's in his own little dry lot, which is outside the big field, which is probably 10, 10 acres of grass up to your knees. And that's where Nigel and his two running buddies get to be. So Scooter all day looks at them longingly because my pony Scooter is on – he has to be on dry lot because yes. he gets he's very sad. sad. Yeah, he's very sad. Well, he figured out that – you know how – gates are hung with the little things that point up, you know, and the gate goes on top of it, mm-hmm. you know, and you're supposed to have one up and one down so that they don't figure out how to pop the gate off. Mm-hmm. Well, Scooter figured out he could stick his little head in there and pop the gate off because it wasn't, it wasn't <gasps> attached right. So Scooter got to go play a couple times. I witnessed one of the times he got out in that field and they ran and ran. And the one horse out there he's about the same as Scooter, so he chased Scooter, and Scooter chased him, and they ran and ran, and it's a huge field, so catching them was fun. Um, and it, so apparently that happened once when we weren't there, too. So uh, the the farm owner has now since fixed the gate and put it on correctly, because Scooter was going to do it every chance he got. Yeah, and yesterday Scooter was over at the gate. You could tell he had tried it, and he was mad. It wasn't working anymore. <laughs> he just was mad. Scooter and Jeez. Zeus together would be a freaking nightmare. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. So, all right. Before we get to Pat, I cannot believe you went to see. Did you even have a Barbie when you were? Um, I had Barbie's horse. Uh, shocker. Um, my that's why I Barbie call had every a horse? pal of me. Yeah, she had a Palomino. It was oh, a Barbie I, dream I didn't horse. Know. Okay. And, and I was. Did they I have a Barbie barn? Yeah, the Barbie has everything. What are you talking about? <laughs> Barbie has everything, horse. And so Did I was kind of bummed. I can't think of Listen, <laughs> let me just go through this here where you ask some dumb, embarrassing questions about Barbie. She had a horse. It was a Palomino. And uh, it's a Barbie dream horse. And I had that. And But I did have a Barbie, but she didn't sit on the horse because she's legs are straight, you know, and they're stiff. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like to toss Barbie out and probably cut her hair, you know, and tossed her out. So this movie, I was fully expecting to see a Palomino horse did not, but there's a lot of horse references in the movie because of Ken, because he, that horses are a big thing to the dudes in Barbie land. So (laughs) at any rate, I'm not going to give anything away. The, The cast was awesome. 
incredible cast. The music they had Indigo Girls music and I loved Indigo Girls like some of my favorite bands of all time. Um the sets were amazing and here's I, I if I would have seen this movie at 12 13 I get it. Like it is super empowering for women and girls. Girls. As the mother of a 10-year-old son who I also took to see the movie. Oh, no, you did not. <laughs> oh. He walked out and he goes, Mom, was that a waste of money? And I was like, kind of. Kind of for you. Yeah. Right over your head. Done. And there was a lot of, like, really like Barbie jokes, like Barbie deep dives that I didn't really get. As far as empowering for girls, A+. plus. As far as empowering for 10-year-old boys, no. Don't. <laughs> I can't believe you agreed to go. <laughs> don't do it. Well, I showed him the preview, and so we thought it was going to be really funny, right? I mean, it looks like it's really funny. It's Ryan Gosling, and he's so funny, and I love Margot Robbie. She's one of my favorite actresses. Awesome. And it was not funny. <laughs> Like the whole theater, like there was like probably four times I chuckled it out loud, but for the most part, it was not a comedy is not fun. I mean, and I thought, and you know, you get there and everybody at the theater who's going in is wearing pink. Oh yeah. We, ridiculous we were at the clothes. theater too Sunday. It was packed. All yeah. full of people going to Barbie. Oh, Barbie was, <laughs> the theater was packed. I had to buy tickets on Saturday for a Sunday matinee. That's how crazy it was. And I could barely get two seats together. So really, really good for the movie world. Um, not so good for 10-year-old boys. And, uh, and we're walking in and like everybody's wearing pink. And we didn't, we didn't, we you didn't, didn't get the memo. <laughs> I didn't get the memo. No, <laughs> I didn't know. They were selling like Barbie cocktails. Like everything was, everything was pink. And again, like, I just really expected it to be funny. And I think that was four chuckles, but like I noticed that the theater was dead silent. Like nobody laughed out loud for the first 45 minutes. And again, I thought this was going to be okay, a hilarious Mission Impossible slapstick. had some funny moments. In it, so I went to the action movie that had more funny moments than Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Again, <laughs> music was good. Actors were good. Sets were amazing. Um, the, this, the overall story was great, super empowering for women. I, I said that the, the the ages of women who should see this movie is about 12 to 30. It is your movie. But as a 45-year-old, I don't need to be empowered because I don't give a crap anymore. Yeah, you're either you, there like, or you're not. You <laughs> hit that age where you're like, I don't care what everybody thinks about me. But they're in the throes of that, like if I would have seen this movie when I was 19, how powerful it would have been for me. And I could step out and look at that. But I think you hit an age where you're like, I don't really care what well, people you get think to, about you me. You hit that age, though, when you're a man, too. I mean, it's just a person thing, I think, at that it, point. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but again, for women and girls, like, yes, celebrate so, them, send them in. It was fantastic. Was it 80, 90% women? Oh, I walked in and Lucas goes, Mom, I'm the only boy in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, first clue. <laughs> Hold on, let me look around. And I look around. And I was like, "There's a guy." And I'm standing up, and I'm pointing. I'm like, "Look, there's a there's a boy." And I turn. There's a guy over there. Now they were all dates. Yeah, like, all dates. Dragged but to he's the like, movie. "Mom, sit down, mom, mom, you're embarrassing me. Sit down." I'm like, "Listen, I will embarrass you for the rest of your life." But here, there's a boy, and I was like, "Hey." <laughs> Would Chad have walked out? 
oh, there, I couldn't have got him in. <laughs> he like he was like, thank because he's on a trip. And Lucas and I typically go to movies when he's not home because he doesn't thank really God. like I grew up going to movies. My brother worked at a theater and we would go all the time. And Chad grew up in a military household with a strict all the things and they didn't go to movies. So to me, it's more of something I do with my kid. And uh, yeah, no, he wouldn't. He was like, uh, I can't believe you're taking my son to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's supposed to be funny. It's a comedy. And he was like, it's just not fun. Uh, he was like, it's a it's a you're taking him to a Barbie movie. And I was like, it's a comedy. And then I get there. I'm like, it's not a comedy. <laughs> So we went to see Mission Impossible, but last week we also went to see Indiana Jones. It was raining a lot. So. How was Indiana Jones? It was Indiana Jones. It, it, it was. There were a lot of throwbacks to the first Indiana Jones, the actual good one. Um, there were a lot of throwbacks to that. And, of course, you know, he's 82 or something. I mean, he's, he's not young, but yet he did all the stuff. Uh, you know, he was there. He wasn't doing his own stunts. but you know, Somebody did all the somebody stuff. Somebody did all But he was, you know, there on set walking around, uh, remembering lines, which I couldn't do. So, somebody told me that watching him do that is like you could just tell he doesn't want to be there and doesn't care anymore. Like there's some like well, movie roles you, he's reprised. If you remember right, Indiana Jones always was snarky and like he didn't want to be there. So he was always had that a- attitude. And I did see an I- interview with Harrison that said that he wanted to do this last movie. He said, "I've for my entire career, I knew I had to finish Indiana Jones. Aww. And this was kind of his finish. So I gave it because – it was the first movie kind of over again, you know, just chasing a new thing, same story, Nazis, all that stuff. Um, so I gave it kind of a C. You know, it was good to see. Watch it at home, though. You don't need to go to the big theater. So so then with Mission Impossible, I kind of gave a B plus because, yeah, we've seen it seven times before, but, God, the action's so good. And it's three hours long, but when you get to the end, you go – Three hours is all over already. <laughs> so it, we're so tasteless. Like nobody's seen Oppenheimer. <laughs> no, no, and apparently the Barbenheimer thing was a thing. Go see one and then see the other in the same day. There's two ends of a spectrum, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Do I you don't, just take off the pink to go into Oppenheimer. And people say it's fantastic. You should see it at the theater, but I don't really want that much realism in that big a screen. I think I'll wait till video for that one chad is super excited about it uh this director makes things a little crazy so mm. i i don't know if i'll even get it you know <laughs> i don't get a lot of his movies so but you know it's I, a happy topic so oh yeah nothing that. like happier yeah. than, i need more stress in my life this is why i go see movies like barbie because I, I don't need to be stressed there's enough like i don't watch scary movies i'm scared enough Speaking of which, I'm at, I have one episode left on game, one episode of Game of Thrones. The last <gasps> one. Oh my gosh. I binged. Talk about needing cleansing. I watched oh the second God. to last episode last night. And you know what that was. Uh-huh. Uh, um, you know, and so <clears throat> I watched that last night and uh, I couldn't, I was like, I can't watch the last episode. I need some cleansing before I go to bed. <laughs> this is when you watch Ted Lasso. You, to, you go oh, from I'm going Game there next because uh, I need a break. <laughs> dude, dude, you have to see the last episode. Don't put it Oh, off. no, I'm going to do it tonight. I just could not. I was, it was 10 o'clock last night. I was like, I'm not. I need to chill. I watched something stupid. And uh, then. Did you see the Ramsey Bolton part? Did you watch it or did you fast forward? I don't remember. I don't. He's the one who sends dogs out after people that go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I fast forwarded through a lot of the really gory stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah, he was a he was a disturbing character. <laughs> oh my god. I have nightmares They're about all that guy. disturbing. If you think about it, there's not too many that in the end you go Wow, you know, I like I that. I want to be friends with that guy. Yeah, no, because they're all going to turn around and kill you eventually. Well, it's listen, just, I'm, there was a part, there's a part involving Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen, and you know the part I'm talking about, and um, I was watching it with my husband and brother-in-law, and I was like, I'm sorry, can you back that up? I need to see that again. <laughs> I know exactly which part you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> Chad was like, are you serious right now? I was like, I didn't, I missed it. I didn't see it. I need to see that again. I mean, yeah. he was the only one in the end. He went, oh, you know, I, 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 I like him. Because <laughs> everybody else. Do you know who his wife is? No. You know the redhead uh, wildling who he like made friends with yeah, out there? Yeah, who was absolutely adorable. Action. I loved her. That's his real wife. Really? Yeah, they met on the set and got married. Well, they had a chemistry. <laughs> yeah, they did. Also a lot of naked chemistry there. <laughs> Lots right. of, Let's stop Lots talking about parts. TV and we're supposed to oh be talking God. about horses. Oh my God, horses, horses, horses. <laughs> Actually, we're going to talk about a recipe for horse people. That, is that close? It's a very easy one, very simple for horse people. So let's get to one of our favorite people right after these words from some of our sponsors. You can enjoy your favorite equine videos all in one place with Ride TV, the ultimate equine streaming platform. The newly relaunched Ride TV has all the series you love, like Cowgirls and Ridiculous Ranches, plus top-tier training videos and event footage from BailRacing.com and Horse and Rider On Demand. Whether you're ready to relax with your favorite series, binge-watch competition footage, or train with a world champion, subscribe to Ride TV today for only $19.99 to see where your ride takes you. Visit RideTVGo.tv to subscribe. I'd like to welcome to the show our friend, Pat Rea. Now, i got to give you a little backstory on Pat. So, Pat is actually a veteran equestrian journalist, okay? And we had her on years and years ago to talk about some sort of equestrian thing, but I did some research on her, and it turns out she's a cook and a poet and an author as well. So we're talking... This lady does all the things. We didn't care about her horse stuff. We want to talk yeah, about we food. Were like, we want to talk about food. <laughs> so she has a website and Facebook or Facebook page, What Italians Really Eat. Our favorite Italian equestrian journalist, cook, and poet. Please welcome Pat Ray. Hi, Pat. <laughs> Hi. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, we love having you on, and you have provided. I, I think we were Glenn and I were talking about the pasta fagiole recipe that you gave us, and I still have some in my freezer because I made like 150 pounds of it. Uh, <laughs> Good. And I also have to let you know, Pat, that. I grew my own garden, and currently, right now, all of my jars and everything are waiting because I'm going to can my own tomatoes tonight. No! Cool. Good job. Yeah, You're Glenn, a braver you woman than I, let me tell you. <laughs> You're going to – you live in Oklahoma. You become an Oklahoman. Glenn, I have chickens and eggs and vegetables and all the things. I am like a homesteader at this point. <laughs> Fabulous. I did have to call my mom and be like, Mom, how do I can tomatoes? <laughs> <laughs> Pat, I remember my mom canned tomatoes every year, and she would mm -hmm. can not just some. We would have like 150 jars in the basement. Were you, mm -hmm. Was your mom a uh, canner? 
She was not. She was not. But my father was in the produce business in Chicago. He had a produce uh, company called Rare Brothers Produce. And he would bring everything fresh from South Water Market in Chicago. So for the longest time, I mean, I, I was I was in college and living on my own before I realized that oranges did not grow in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It is great. Well, one thing we love about you is having you go over some recipes. And this one is really cool. So this is called pasta and asparagus. And in true homesteader fashion, okay, I live on this farm, uh, this 20 acres here in Norman, Oklahoma. And the previous tenants, our previous owners, I don't know what they did. They would, I don't know if they just walked around throwing out seeds, but asparagus grows out of the ground like grass at my farm. <laughs> Pick it right out of the ground and taste it. It's sweet like candy. It's fabulous. Uh, well, we do. I cooked with it last year. And so, but this one is great because what happens is I don't notice them until they get a little bigger and thicker. Right, but I right. think th sure. this this recipe re calls for those. So let's talk about the pasta and asparagus. Okay, this is very easy, and and I'll tell you what I'm always on the lookout for. Um, uh, also, vegetarian recipes, vegetarian friendly recipes. Thank you. And um, my husband Barry also has a great big garden here in uh, here in Florida, and asparagus is one of the things that he grows. But asparagus and pasta and asparagus was was a, a really a, a long run poverty dish for Italians when they first came to this country. But it was also a way um, for Italians to eat well on Fridays when the church still had the no meat on Friday rule on the books. Okay. So you could actually make this dish with anything. With broccoli. I love it with broccoli. You can do it with spinach. You can do it with whatever makes you happy. Um, um, some people like it with cauliflower. I'm not a big fan, but I love the broccoli. I love the asparagus and I love the spinach. So it's very simple, very, very simple. And we'll get to the tomatoes later, but hang on for a minute. So what you want to do is you want to get little asparagus, as little as you can, and you're going to pull them right out of the garden so they're going to be nice and sweet. But if you go to the store and you buy them, you want to buy the thinnest asparagus oh. spear you can find, okay? Because those are the sweet ones. Those are the easy ones to cook. Those are, like, phenomenal. So you know how to break the asparagus in half right to get rid of the part, you know, the part of the spear that's NG. You, the, you fold it almost stem. in half and snaps. Yeah. You bet it snaps. And then so you want to cut what you have left in your hot little hand. Um, the, the top of the asparagus, that's the point of the spear and part of the part of the shaft. And you want to, you know, before you do all this stuff, you want to wash them off and all that jazz, especially after you're pulling them out of the water. So you want to get a skillet. I use a cast iron skillet, of course, um, with uh, olive oil. And I probably use about, um, uh, I don't know, um, a, a couple of tablespoons of olive oil and about four tablespoons of butter. I like the butter, you know, because I'm from northern Italy and we don't use tomatoes. I mean, we don't use <laughs> olive oil. So, right. And then what you want to do is you want to get the, the garlic. Um, and that's probably two to three garlic cloves, but I want you to smash them. Either get a garlic press or whatever and smash them. Um, cause you can always take those out if it's too garlicky, but I'd like to get that nice garlic flavor. Nothing there's is nothing here. 
Nothing's ever too garlicky. Go ahead. <laughs> good, good. Me too. Because, you know, I want to get that flavor because you don't have much here. You have asparagus and you have butter um, and you have pasta. And so um, you want to get the, uh, the little spears that you've taken right and the little shaft into the olive oil and the butter. You want to saute it and saute it until it starts to get a little soft. Not mushy, but just a little because you want to eat it, right? And you want to throw in your garlic, smashed. Um, and you want to saute all that stuff. I don't know, maybe five minutes, two minutes, whatever whatever it is to your taste, right? Okay. Um, in the meantime, in the meantime, you're going to get a large, well, I don't know. I use um, a, like a big Dutch oven because we eat a lot of pasta. And you want to put the, the, you want the water softened until it smells like the Mediterranean. You know what I mean? You don't want to just, a lot of folks put a little salt in and, there's always a big argument among Italians. They put the salt in for flavor. My husband used to fight with my aunt all the time, and she said you put the salt in to prevent a boil over. I don't care why you do it. Just do it and do enough <laughs> of it, right? You know, because you don't want it to be really bland either. So um, you, uh, you got the water to a rolling boil. You throw in your pasta. You cook your linguine or your fettuccine. I don't use this with shells or bow ties or mustacholi or any of those things. I like the long uh, pasta. So when that's al dente, you want to drain it, but you want to reserve about a half a cup, maybe a little bit more of the pasta water. Italians call this liquid gold. <laughs> and the other reason why you want to cook the pasta al dente is that when pasta gets overcooked, it becomes very starchy. So this is better for, for folks who are type 2 diabetics or are watching a, a, a salt intake, uh, I mean, a, um, a carb intake diet, a starch intake diet. You know, have it a little chewy. Al dente, remember, means to the tooth. So you want it a little bit chewy. Okay, so let, me, drain- let me interrupt you. I got some questions. Sure. Okay, okay I got some answers. <laughs> in your opinion don't yes. hurt me for saying this my mom not italian uh would say that you have to cook this the noodles and then put them under the sink and rinse them off and that rinses the never, starch off never no never 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 i will hit you with a wooden spoon <laughs> never never <laughs> never never it's better to cook it to the point where it's a little bit chewy than it is to rinse it off because that's just, you know, now you got water all over your pasta and it's not pasta water and it's just doesn't work. So don't okay. do it. Avoid so it how do you, you keep it from sticking together in the colander? Well, your co- it doesn't stick together in the colander. You want to, you know, when you drain it, you don't just like dump it in there. You know, you like shake it, right? You're draining okay. it. So you're, you know what I'm saying? You rotate that colander toward you. Okay. Your hands, you know, so that you're getting the water out of it. And okay. you don't want to get all the water out of it because you're going to add the water. Okay. You know, the water is not a bad thing. You just don't want it sagging. So, okay, next, so now next question. Sorry, one more question. How yeah. do you know when your pasta is done? Because, again, my super white mom uh, used to take one noodle and throw it against a wall, and she said if it <laughs> sticks, it's done. No. You're going to taste it. <laughs> You're going to taste it. You're going to take one strand of pasta out or one noodle or whatever. Um, and um, sample it as you're and you taste it. You taste it, right? Yeah. And if it's too hard, let it cook for another minute. And taste it again. 
if it's too hard, let it go another minute and taste it again. What is out of your package usually says if you buy pasta, uh, especially dry um, American pasta, it will tell you um, 11 to 14 minutes or something, you know, bologna. You got to forget about that. You got to taste it. And when <laughs> okay. it tastes like it's the way you want it, the texture that you want it, don't fool around. Dump it right away. Okay. Because, you know, of course, after you turn the, um, the, the, the stovetop off, you realize that the stuff still continues to cook, right? Right. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. It's like taking something out of your oven, you know, and letting it rest. That's what you let it rest for. Okay. okay. So now you've got your pasta drained. You throw it back in the pan it came from, the pot that it came from. Okay. And you put in about half a cup, quarter of a cup. You'll tell by looking at it. Um, the pasta water, what we call the liquid gold, pour it back in there. Now, take the skillet, take the skillet in one hand and a spatula, soft spatula in the other, and put all of that back in the, the, the pot with the pasta. And then you want to stir it. You want it to mix all the way through. While you're doing this, of course, the, the, the burner is off now. While you're doing this, all those flavors are all mixing together. And they, they're, they're just, they're just fabulous. They're making, they're making everybody happy. They're making each, each other very, very happy. <laughs> and so as you do this, the, the, the taste of the pasta, the pasta is getting like coated with the stuff that you're, you know, you've taken out of the pan, put it in after two minutes, because you want it to like each other a lot. After two minutes, you put it in a nice bowl and you shred I don't know. I like Asiago cheese. It's just my thing. Some people use Romano. Some people use um, Parmigiano. doesn't matter. Whatever makes you happy, that's, that's what you're going to shred all over it. You, you put a couple of tongs in it, you serve it, and it will make you very happy, I guarantee you. Oh, my God. It <laughs> sounds amazing. And you can do this with broccoli. You can do this with spinach. Uh, any bet. of those things. You bet. You bet. As a matter of fact, um, I use the, the asparagus because it's like a summertime thing. Um, it's just as light and asparagus is really nice in the summertime. But I also do this a lot with broccoli. It's like my ultimate favorite dish. Okay. What could go well, wrong? Butter, garlic, and pasta. I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> it's like not a thing. <laughs> it's got everything in it. And you know what you want? What you want to do, of course, is um, you know when you're when those things are cooking, when the when the vegetable is cooking with the butter and the olive oil and the garlic and all that. I want you to taste it. I want you, you know, maybe you want to add some more butter. Maybe you want to put a little salt. You, you know what I'm saying? You got to get this so that because it's like I said, it's not much. It's the vegetable and the pasta. So, um, and the garlic. So you want to taste it if you think, eh, you know, she's crazy. I need some more salt. Put some salt in it. Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> so can you do, now this might be crazy. Can you do like two vegetables? Sure. Like broccoli you can and do. I, I, I was just going to say, but I wouldn't do the spinach because you, the spinach, you know, spinach is, is a, um, is a, uh, uh, a big shot. It likes to stand alone. But what you can do with this is you've got your tomatoes, right? Mm-hmm. So chop up your tomatoes. I would say maybe one tomato. You don't want to make it real tomatoey because the tomatoes, once they go in the pan, they're going to disappear. Right. But you're going to get that nice tomato taste and you're going to get a little bit of that nice, fast gravy. Sure, you can do that. Okay, Absolutely. I'm in. And if you're a meat eater like me, I would put kibasa in here. Chop it uh, small and put kibasa. You yeah you could you could yep. yeah 
Absolutely. But, you can, I mean, she just sounded like she was scolding you. Yeah, Glenn. well, I just that's what I would do. Sausage or kibasa is what I would do. Yeah, no, what, whatever makes you happy, you can add whatever you want. It's to pasta. You can like put anything said, you want in always, it. Well, that's true. Yeah. But it takes it, it removes that that um, trying to get everything out of the garden. Remember, you know, things are super, super expensive. Go to the supermarket and you, know, you want to commit suicide. You come up with one bag and it costs you a hundred bucks. So um, you, <laughs> you, you want to, you, you, you know, you, this is an economical thing to do. Remember a lot of the old people, a lot of the people that came to this country didn't have a lot and they had a lot of kids to feed. My grandmother had 11 children to feed. And that they were in, they were in the produce business, so they were it wasn't a lot of meat, but there was a lot of vegetables. And you can you can even do this with eggplant if you like eggplant. You can do this with eggplant. Whatever well, makes you happy. Well, we have to That's run so uh, because if we don't talk about a horse soon, half the audience is going to leave because we haven't know, really talked I about horses. Well, I don't want them to do that. I don't want them to do but that. But we have something Listen. that we have to do first. What's that? Happy birthday. Thank you so much. That's very sweet, guys. I enjoy doing this. Have a great day. All right. Bye, Pat. I love you. Bye, sweetheart. We're going to put that recipe in the show notes so you can just scroll on your phone. It's a fairly simple one. I mean, this one will take you, what, 20 minutes to make, maybe. I Uh, mean, I just want to live with her. I know. Can I just move in with her? (laughs) I think she's in Florida, too, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I have to visit her sometime. So, yeah, that's, uh, we'll put that whole recipe again. It's very simple. We'll put it in the show notes, but we like simple recipes for all of you people that get in the barn for 8 30 at night and then have to cook. Yeah. All right. Uh, tell us about Purina, and then I'll get our adoptable horse of the week, Lauren, on to talk about her horse by the name of, what was this horse's name? Uptown Express. I like that name. This podcast is sponsored by Purina Animal Nutrition with three research-backed ration balancers to fill nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Enrich Plus delivers a concentrated source of protein, vitamins, and minerals without unnecessary calories. By the way, Glenn, my horses eat the big Purina tub with the Simple Fly in it, and it's like a vitamin tub, and it's black like tarry goo. And oh my God, they love it. And yes, I have seen a lot less flies. Okay. Uh, Enrich, yeah, it's crazy. Enrich Plus Senior features Active Age prebiotic technology and Outlast supplement for aging easy keepers. Omega Match is rich in omega 3 fatty acids and vitamin E, great for horses without access to green grass. Find a ration balancer for your horses at purinamills.com slash ration balancers or visit your local feed store. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than spalding fly predators. And now it's time for this week's My Right Horse, Adoptable Horse of the Week. That's right. We have Lauren with us. She's stable manager at Lollipop Farm, Humane Society of Greater Rochester, New York. She's been with us the last couple of weeks. She's here one final time to talk to us about a horse. The last couple were meant to be babysitter horses. You you could uh, let yep. them retire at your farm. But this one, in a very short period of time, should be able to be ridden, and you can, you can ride it and use it, and she's going to talk to us about that. So tell us what we have yeah. for this week. 
Okay, so we have a beautiful, stunning four-year-old thoroughbred mare. Her race name is Uptown Express, um, but we've been calling her Billy because when we got her, all we could think about was Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. Um, so that became her barn name. Um, she just retired off of Belmont Racetrack. She's only ran two times. She was owned by her breeder, so we have all of her history. Um, and through Take the Lead, which is a program up in New York, um, a p- organization that helps retiring horses off tracks, New York tracks come to thoroughbred after Caroline's facilities to kind of prevent these horses from ending up in the slaughter pipeline. Um, that's how we got her. And she is absolutely gorgeous and should be sound for anything. Um, and on top of that, she is not marish at all. She is an absolute sweetheart. So I am assuming she really had two like starts and went to you because she wasn't the fastest in the in the lot. Yeah, so she had two starts last year, and then um, when they started her training this spring, she just really wasn't into running, so um, she had a wonderful breeder owner um, who didn't want to push it and thought she would be better off in a second career, so he sent her to us. Yeah, he he was great. He really took care of her. Um, She's beautiful. She's sweet. She behaves well, Um, so we're just giving her a little bit of time to come down off the track. Um, and then we're going to start riding her, and pretty soon she should be available for adoption. I think this one, does she have any white at all? No. no. She looks like a milk chocolate Hershey bar. Yep. She, and she's got really big ears. Like, it's really funny. They look like kind of mule ears. She does have um, big ears. ears. big brain. That's what they <laughs> say. Yeah. Oh, she's very smart. We um, started to try to teach her how to lunge, and at first you could tell she didn't understand what we were asking, but within two sessions, she's picked it up. So she's going to be a really fun riding project for somebody. And so is this one, uh, is she available now or is it going to be a couple months? It's probably going to be about a month. Um, okay. Actually, this week she just had acupuncture, chiropractic, and massage treatment. Um, so we're just giving her time since she has been at Belmont. She hasn't had a lot of turnout. So we're just giving her about a month or two um, to just, get used to being back outside, get used to being a horse again, um, and just starting her training. And then she should be available, I would say, two months at the latest. Jeez, lucky horses that come off the track and end up at you or Jamie's house. I mean, with all the stuff that you yeah. do, I don't get that good a treatment. Yeah, me neither. I don't either. <laughs> so we have very lucky horses, and we have wonderful um, veterinarians and massage therapists who give their time to these horses. And yeah, they're spoiled where, where we are. <laughs> That's terrific. She is, a, she, yeah. she looks so sweet. She really does. She has a kind face and a kind eye. Yep. Oh, that, she just snuggled right on your shoulder. She's an angel. <laughs> so who knows what this one will actually, after, you know, after you, you get her started more, obviously she's been started, mm-hmm. but uh, when you yeah. give her a little bit of time to tell, she'll tell you what she wants to do for a living. It's not running fast around a track. We know that. No, no. it's not. <laughs> it, she's not your typical horse that comes off the track and is really hyper. She's pretty slow, but she's a beautiful mover. So I'm thinking maybe hunters, dressage. Um, we're going to let her tell us. Yeah, so I think that's stay terrific. tuned. She will be available. <laughs> and you are in Rochester, New York, and uh, but yeah. you do send horses all over the place. Oh, yeah. We are willing to adopt out pretty much anywhere in the country as long as the potential adopter is willing to um, have them shipped to them. You know, we just ask to see pictures of the facility we're going at. We have a long conversation. Um, 
We do ask that you come try the horse if you're near us, um, but we don't have a problem adopting out. You know, we just follow the same process we do with locals. And this one is not on the website yet, so they not should contact yet. you directly through lollipop.org to ask yeah. about her? Yeah, if they want to email us, our email is equine at lollipop.org. Um, that also, we are on Facebook. We do have our own equine Facebook group, um, Lollipop Farm Equine. Um, they can join that group, and we post there a lot of our horses that are not available yet, so you can kind of keep up with her progress. Very good. But they could adopt her now and then just take her when you're done. Um, they can inquire, and okay. we can keep them on a list. Gotcha. So okay. as we figure out what she's suitable for, um, we will contact everybody interested and anybody who seems to be a good fit. Um, we can go from there. All right. Sounds terrific. Well, again, thank you for joining us these last couple of weeks. Oh, Lauren is from Lollipop Farm, Humane Society of Greater Rochester. It's a lollipop. Um, I'm trying to find it here. <laughs> Uh, lollipop.org. I keep wanting to put lollipopfarm.org, but it's lollipop.org. And I still love that. You still have the best name ever for a farm. I love that name. Thank you. We love it, too. Appreciate (laughs) it. Thanks, Lauren. This Adoptable Horse of the Week was brought to you by the ASPCA and the My Right Horse Initiative. Visit myrighthorse.org. Well, there you go. There's the late. She is cute. I don't know if you saw the pictures down below, but uh, yeah, she's, gorgeous, she's adorable. Yeah. And she really I does have a thoroughbred. kind face. Yeah, and a thoroughbred with the plain brown wrapper is one of my favorites. Yeah, as I have two plain. gray horses that roll in my red pond. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for today. Hang on for the post show if you're an auditor. Uh, we'll talk about something we're not quite sure yet. Of course, tomorrow, uh, let me see what they, uh, tomorrow we're going to have the Chi University is going to be here talking all about Eastern medicine, speaking of massage and acupuncture and all that stuff. They're going to be talking about that tomorrow. They're doing a great job with that show. And then Jamie and I be here on Wednesday and Friday as well. So we appreciate you guys all being here. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you in the post show. All right, everybody have a great day. Spay, neuter, and gel.